I will call out Stephen. Yes. From G.I. Joburg. Nailed it. With a bold statement. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it was, I think when, when they recorded, it was 7,000, maybe close to eight. Maybe. And uh, two days left, I think. Yeah. Yeah, th- there's no way I would have made a bold statement saying that not only would it fund, but we'll get the knife force ripcord. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, okay, I hope he's right. Yeah, he's he was on it. But anyway, spot on. Yeah, hello. This is very, very smug, Steve. I'm uh, recording GI Joe episode 228, Element Extraction. And yes, the Sky Striker has funded. But I'm not alone. I'm joined by the usual suspects. Sound off, boys. Hello, my name is Paul. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Rob is also here with uh, Stephen Armis. His amazing prediction. Me and Paul were <laughs> wrong. I will eat my 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 humble pie. It's very good. And rounding out the quartet, we have none other than Mr. Troy Smith, fellow Playmotion producer. Hello, Troy. What's up, brother? Hey, party people! <laughs> and the reason Troy's in attendance, uh, if you missed out, this weekend past we premiered a new Playmotion adventure entitled Element Extraction as a kind of a, a tale, um, a special missions, if you were, that spins out of uh, last year's Backyard Battles Element X. If this is all Greek to you, scroll down and check out the show notes for a link to the uh, video in question. But anyways, gents, Let's crack it open. New shit this week. Anybody got any new toys? Troy, how about you, brother? Oh, yes. I was so fortunate. Uh, I was listening to uh, What's on Joe Mind, and they told me about uh, the Southern California toy show, G.I. Joe show. I didn't know about it, but because of them, I did. And so I took uh, two of my kids, my oldest, or my middle child, Lily Bella and my youngest girl, Jasmine, we drove about an hour and a half down to almost San Diego and picked up some toys. Um, What'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? Oh, you know, I'm kind of like the guy who wants to pick up the toys. It's a good deal and uh, just action figures. And because I think the girls and the girls like to play, we're looking for ladies. And that's a hard thing to find, isn't it? So (laughs) we got a couple. I'm going to turn man. I went through my mic on. So this Scarlet is a uh, shrunken head Scarlet. <laughs> she doesn't but, look bad on no. camera. I'm not going to yeah. lie. And that is uh, that's from one of the comic book packs, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Absolutely. And you know, I bought her for her body. I was like, maybe I can swap that head out. Look, to be honest, if she's a little bit more um, durable than Scarlet 1982-83, she's worthy. You know? Yeah, playing with that toy is becoming a very, very scary prospect. Yeah, which so, is why I hope they they revisit that mold for the uh, burgeoning retro O-ring collection. I hope Come so on, too. Hasbro. Yeah, she mm. should be on the on the short list. I mean, she's everywhere. Uh, all right, so keeping on with the ladies, CoverGirl, a new modern nice. version, uh, but she's still O-ring, but just different kind of construction. Uh, a couple non-GI Joe. These girls are just called spies but you know whatever they were advertised heavily on yojo.com i forget what they're called but it's yeah it's a generic black-haired woman in various different colored bodysuits 
right? Mm. And then you guys talked about her last week. G.I. Bomb Jane. Strike. Well, I, I, hey. thought, I thought it was Bomb Strike too, but I believe this is G.I. Jane. And she what? Comes, yeah, she came with... Because I saw the full pack with her and all the army builder troops, and then I saw her by herself. The, and I was like... Very good. Right. I need to issue a retraction because we showcased some artwork of this figure, and Paul ventured to guess that that was perhaps G.I. Jane, and I was like, no, it's not. It's Bomb Strike. But Paul, I think you were right, pal. I, and I could I could be wrong. And this one I'm I'm glad you're here because maybe you can tell me about this figure. I don't know where she that came is a from. jinx with a, an interesting deco. Is she Cobra affiliated? Cool. Yeah. Yes. So that is um I don't know who that is, but I know that was for a time. Not Viper, is it? Not Viper. Okay. Viper would be sort of bluish. She's still oh, right. burgundy, but with a, a very ornate uh, very cool her. looking yeah it's beautiful it's a she great version this, of jinx this uh i don't know what this is a cow scowl or a, what is that called sort of a, a little bit of uh, i don't know loincloth almost uh, yeah. long one. <laughs> but <laughs> um i know that kujo brought her to jokon um and we were taking pictures of her on the table and i kind of put her in a one foot kicking pose mm -hmm. he was like what you're posing fools off the chain man <laughs> <laughs> it's a lousy Kujo impersonation anyways that's awesome troy great toys man yeah they aren't fantastic i mean you know whatever they're not like the big big stars or big big winners but just i just new action figures uh oh, cesspool another dial tone Ooh, cesspool nice yeah yeah and then and ghost rider uh, and Ghost Rider, the one everybody forgets. So I've got a couple Sky Strikers. <laughs> I need a couple him. pilots. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah. Are you going to fashion a um, a red scarf out of some uh, some fabric scraps by any chance? Some what? Red skull? Oh yeah, red skulls. No. Uh, red scarf. <laughs> oh, red scarf. Uh, Ghost oh, Rider. Yeah, that's right. He's missing his. You're right. You got him, man. Yeah. Let's see what you. It's it's uh, it kind of completes the figure as far as I'm concerned. It's weird to me to see like an exposed neck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're correct. I didn't notice that. I forgot about that. And then, um, just like you forgot about Ghost Rider, everybody yeah, absolutely. Does. Sorry, um, man, you got sci-fi V two. Sweet. You know, so what? When I was Is a that kid, how you imagined sci-fi's face looking? No, I kind of wish they kept with the original mold. Um, what? Without his face that. obscured. Yeah. Well, RoboCop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? To be honest with you, I thought that was psych out. Well, you're right; it's sci-fi. I always keep psych out and sci-fi. Well, I mean, <laughs> he's got that kind of '90s flop top, you know, the middle parting. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of psych out's thing. Though he went even more surferoso with long hair. Um, but yeah, if if you had gotten a, a certain idea of what sci-fi looked like under the helmet, uh, I'm sure version two. Seemed like a departure from that. Yeah. He just looks so friendly. Yeah, exactly. He's a very handsome man. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's true. Yeah. It, it's good to see the helmet off. I like that. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Well, Sci-Fi version 2 was my first blushings with the character. So, I mean, and obviously the black and dark gray was a vastly more palatable uh, color choice than the Lumo green. I mean, a lot of people decry that as like the start of the rot. Right, um, but it's still and, a 
great sculpt either either version beautiful and and you're right you bring up the uh um the robocop and i always thought that sci-fi <laughs> was lifted from robocop but he actually came before robocop true yeah mm. absolutely good point i think yeah. a lot of people make that connection but fail to see the exact dates and i mean for a figure to have been released in 1986 as sci-fi version one was that means his design work started maybe even as early as like late 84 mm -hmm. most definitely 85 so yeah like, i mean it's interesting gentlemen anyone else got any new shit i know i'm gonna roll heavy <laughs> Had a big week I... well bobby yeah. Oh, oh um, wow. yeah, yeah. Well, well, I, I acquired something. It's it's, it's not <gasps> a um, it's not a um, a GI Joe, unfortunately. But um, so hey, someone emailed our shop and was like, hey, you know, I, I'm unfortunately going to a, a neighboring country and uh, I can't take this figure with me. Would it, can I sell it to you guys? And we're like, we don't buy figures, um, or statues or whatever. But then he was like, okay, can I just like drop it off? <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, you're more than welcome to. Uh, so then a couple of days later, he comes in, he drops this thing off and he, he was like, oh, can you just like find a good home for it? And I was like, yeah, no, definitely. I'll, I'll try to find a fan of the series, you know, that, that, you know, a kid, hopefully. Um, but it's been like at least a month or two now and not a single fan of the series has come in. I mean, they're, they're, they're there for other things like naruto and one piece and, and my hero academia but no fans of the series came in so i was Let's like see where this is going so i was like okay i guess i'll just <laughs> i'll acquire it for myself then i mean i am i'm a huge fan of the series myself i watched it growing up um so i acquired a they call it a maximatic um figure of son goku from huh, dragon nice. ball it is a very cool figure. It, it stands at about six or seven inches tall. Um, it comes in like a pretty decent, like average box. I think we, we sell them. Uh, well, not these specific ones, but we sold other ones from the series. Um, yeah, so I, I finally have a figure from the Dragon Ball series. Um, it's not something I would have... Figure or statue? It's a statue. Well, it, ah. well it's, a, it's a figure, not an action figure. And it's Ooh. not really a statue because it's not... I don't know. It's not the size of a statue. I think it's more of a figure than than an action figure but yeah you could call it a statue you could yeah okay it's a statue <laughs> well it looks damn good and to be honest like because you don't have any other dragon ball z figures he's not gonna have anyone to fight anyways so exactly well so look, he might as well cool. just look really awesome um and yeah it's, not, it's something i wouldn't have gone out of my way to get um uh, yeah so i was like that's that's awesome i mean i i, I tried my best i i waited for someone to come into the shop it was a big Dragon Ball fan who I could just hand this over to and be like, "Here you go, have a good, uh, have a good Thanksgiving or whatever." Uh, well, <laughs> okay, we don't do Thanksgiving, but I mean, it's been about a month or so now since we since the guy dropped it off. So I think it has oh, finally got home. No one so, saw the statue residing on the top shelf in the back corner, covered in cobwebs. <laughs> I guess I'll just help myself. <laughs> uh, Rob, thinly veiled, my friend. It was, I, yeah, I really was going to wait. I waited as long as I could, but no fans of Dragon Ball came in. So I was like, uh, I'll, I'll give it her myself then. Um, oh, also, I was I was looking up now that uh, that Jinx figure, it, apparently it is actually a Viper figure um, for oh. the people in the comments who have already commented already. <clears throat> it is from 2004, <clears throat> a Cobra, Ninja Cobra Sorry. Strike Team Toys R Us exclusive oh. box set, which included two Viper, 
Black Dragon Ninja, two Red, Red Ninja Vipers, and a Storm Shadow version 16, apparently. Damn. All right. Seems like yeah. I'm missing a few characters to go with the set. Yeah, for sure. You, you need at least another Viper. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a beautifully decoed figure either way. It's fantastic. I mean, the whole set actually looks pretty decent. And weirdly enough, the... Oh, actually not weird enough, but the Storm Shadow from this is in black. Oh, If yes. I'm looking at this correctly, black or brown? Well, oh, and it's actually listed as Storm Shadow, hey? Oh, actually, it's the brown version. See, he's, um, <laughs> he's, like, he's brown Storm Shadow. Ninja leader brown. Man. Brown I think I'm getting flashbacks <laughs> of like our um, definitive Storm Shadow sculpt discussion. And there was a slight mention of uh, Storm Shadow in brown and um, what exactly he'd be camouflaging with. That's <laughs> 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 kind of where he belongs. Uh, Paulie, new shit. What you got, brother? I I sadly haven't got anything new. Um, <gasps> well, movies yeah, well, be long, then. <laughs> well, no, this is yeah, unprecedented. I'm, I'll tell you what I'm hopeful for, though. <laughs> um I'm hopeful that uh, to get my hands on a Terraclaw Skeletor uh, because they have oh. started appearing in the stores lately. And that's like my favorite Skeletor. So I'm very excited to be able to leave the house to do so. The only reason I haven't is um, <laughs> certain family members decided to get COVID. Not, oh, not on purpose. But um, that has meant that I haven't been able to leave the house. And the problem with the, the Motu stuff in South Africa is none of the toy shops in South Africa uh, actually list up-to-date figures so you would type in like motu on a local site like toy kingdom or toy zone or whatever and you see what they've got and then what happens is it just says add one to cart not add web store to cart mm. or stinkor it's add one to cart so you know you'll be like yay and then it'll get to you and you'll be like oh it's clam champ or ram man you know what i mean <laughs> So, so you can't well, even like you can't even buy it online. So chalk up yeah. one victory for brick and mortar. Like the online avenue hasn't quite caught up to the actual physical shopping experience yet. And yeah, yeah long long may that last. Though I'm sure it stays unnumbered. I, I I think so too. And also I feel like this is the only point in this whole podcast that I can mention this. But I got mm. so excited yesterday. I get this message on Instagram. And it's from Big Bad Toy Store. And it's like, congratulations, you've won. Because they're doing yeah. a daily competition leading up to Christmas. So I'm like super excited because the last prize that they've posted up is a $100 voucher. So I'm like, hell yes, there's a lot of cool stuff I'd buy on Big Bad Toy Store. And, um, but there's something about the message that just seemed a bit dodge. <laughs> so oh, I read no. it a few times and, and just give put us it under my microscope. Your credit card details, your phone yeah, number exactly. and your address. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was one of those ridiculous things. So, um, I mean, I didn't even go that far. I just looked at it and I was like, something's off here. So then I sent a message to actual BBTS on Facebook and on Instagram, and I haven't had a response yet. But when I went into my Instagram to check messages, I see that that person who was posing as BBTS is now somebody called Pablo Sueño or something. I don't know what his actual name is. I'm just coming up with stuff. But it was something like Pablo something anyway. But it wasn't um obviously it was just like a scam so i'm like i was so sad because i was like yay i actually won something Woohoo! <laughs> and then sadness i'm sorry paul but it's you're okay. now entering competitions left right and center right and center like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i'm, good, ho I'm really hoping i win that ecto one lego set uh ah. if only because i entered the competition <laughs> so 
Yeah. Nice. Well, we are sending you good vibes, my friend. New shit for dude. me has been a busy week, but firstly, I wanted to make note of that ass clown who was selling a broken storm, sh- a broken snake eyes version 1.5. Managed to sell it this weekend. <laughs> wow. Uh, hopefully, the buyer sees some value in that. But yes, it, it, if you don't recall, it had a, a screw that had been overturned. And so he's got a third nipple in the middle of his chest. Um, and also that stru- screw is completely stripped. You cannot you cannot separate the two figure halves without breaking him. So hopefully whoever it went to can get some value out of it. But yeah, I sent that back in a big damn hurry. It's the uh, special third nipple edition. Gross. <laughs> and yeah, gross. just communicating with this guy was the worst. He He was so pushy and just so... Like, I don't know. I don't know. Some people on the internet, man, they're just not participating in the human race. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave it at that. I don't want to deride him any further. But yeah, he was just bad, bad transaction. Anyways, uh, got the G.I. Joe tank car. Did anyone have this as a child? Negative. Sadly, no. (laughs) No. One of the vehicle action packs. Which kids, though. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it completes a set for me. The 1988 ve- motorized uh, vehicle packs, which I've been a fan of since they were... Um, well, look, I haven't been a fan of them. The, 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 the short answer is, as a child, this was the booby prize. Like, why would you buy a carded toy that is for interacting with a figure and not a figure? So, like, if you got this on its own, it was pretty lame um certainly the bane of like birthday parties where it was like oh okay and as a result they they warmed pegs big time back in south africa but now that i have all the figures i could ever want they need something to do so the tank car was a no-brainer like when i saw it come up in a lot i was like i want that if for no other reason than to have a fixed gun for any guy to to use or a fixed gun with some mobility i think that's how i described it in the the one shot review that i did this weekend um yes check that out on youtube if you want to see more of the tank car i did a quick review of it Uh, link will be in the description below and i don't know guys it, it i'll be the first to admit it looks ridiculous but if you're a fan of metal slug like these chibified vehicles are excellent i mean that that's that's the the design of these things like they look chunky and diminutive and so it's a cool little gun bus man gun cart. and i caught your re- i caught your review on that one by the way it was like hmm. a lot of fun i'm surprised Thanks. um that you didn't know that they were made by tommy well i i knew it um ever since form bx257's review which is probably, oh. i'm gonna say three years ago now but yeah oh, okay, man i didn't God. know back okay. in the day but like the you, you can see all the ha- hallmarks of a tommy toy in it yeah. like while it's perfectly interactive with gi joe like all the the sizings are correct the tolerances are correct um it does have that like hard glossy plastic feel the metal rivets the pull back and go feature or the wind up and go features like mm. it's got a nice tightness and compactness of design that does call back to a different toy lines aesthetic like you know joe vehicles felt like model kits this is not a joe vehicle this is something else this is a a more hardy 
you know, packed toy. Like there was no assembly required for this. Um, anyways, I've spoken enough about the tank car. They're highly collectible to me now. Um, I want all of these things. I know Troy, you're a fan of them. I saw the uh, the Earth Borer show mm -hmm. up in in your uh, Playmotion adventure with Falcon. Um, yeah, okay, and then that's just another one of those beautifully manufactured pieces. Such an oddity. But if you've kind of exhausted all the figures and vehicles you've ever wanted, I think it's time to branch out into these little strange things. And hey, if nothing else, it gives Joe's something extra to do. For instance, I got the radar station from the previous year, and all of a sudden, my sneak peek has a new function. Um, love, love, love giving a figure options because... You know, they've got their standard equipment and that's always going to be their thing. But if you want a bit of variation, these accessory packs or these uh, wind-up action packs give you that. that. That's exactly what I was going to say. If I saw that radar dish in a, uh, anywhere, I would buy it. I always thought that one was a cool one. Even when I was a kid, I was like, oh, the radar is pretty cool. It, it seems functional and would be something you would take out into battle with you. It's like, all right, we really need to, I don't know. You could get a radar all... unit onto a nice high perch. Yeah. There yeah. are so so many different play uh, play features and missions you could do with that. Yep. And as I say, it finally gives Sneak Peek like another mission profile. Because like if he's not sneaking and peeking, what else does he get to do? Like I, I have trouble putting him in the infantry squad. Probably got to do with his coloring, but yeah. Yeah, now he's the radar guy. Go set up the radar, sneak peek. Yes, sir. <laughs> and then I... Um, ooh, what's next in order? Ah, yes. I bought a lot of Silver Mirage parts. Oh, wow. A lot, a lot, a lot. And a, uh, a Z-Force Ram cycle. Anyways, out of these parts, hmm. I managed to put together three very respectable Silver Mirages. So I'm stoked, guys. Um, oh, damn. You got like a whole yeah. motor, motor squad going on there. Well, if you're a fan of the Sunbow cartoon, episodes like Captives Sweet. of Cobra, where everyone's on their own Silver Mirage, um, images of like that just keep flashing through my brain. And I'm like, yeah, man, I want to army build this bike. Not to mention the fact that like the fact that it came in pieces allowed me the opportunity to really get in there and and see the inner workings of this thing. I mean, it is a... As model kit as G.I. Joe vehicles get, you don't get more finely model kitty than the Silver Mirage. I'm probably not expressing myself as well as I could. Forgive me, it's Hoppos 5am. But the uh, the way it's made is so clever. And yet, so finickety. Uh, this is not a great toy. I'll be the first to admit. But it is a great experience after the fact, as an adult, to piece these together from parts. I had a terrific, I suppose, 45 minutes of stripping it down, cleaning each individual part, and then putting them back together again. And like, just the nuance of the fact that the, the rear spokes are ever so slightly bigger than the front spokes... So if you've got a if you've got a particularly tight uh, rear wheel, chances are it's because you've got the front spoke on the back. 
But yeah, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, and this Silver Mirage bike is a delicious meal. I I love posing Dusty on it. Um, Scarlet can even ride it, no problem, without uh, indenturing her crotch, because it's a nice slender bike. But yeah, <laughs> she she's a pretty pretty bike, and I I discovered a new thing today, or two new things. One, just like you get plastic flash on some of the parts, you can get rubber flash too. And mm. I've had to carve little nubbins off the, the rubber tires to give it's it a worst. nice smooth roll. And also the front forks have an awkward, um, maybe a mold release, like right in between where they're supposed to marry. Uh, anyone who knows the Silver Mirage knows what I'm talking about. Like, So the two halves of the front forks will never be flushed together until you get in and carve that little bit of... I don't know, mold. It's a bump, basically. It's a circular bump. Um, and without that, the two halves of the, the, the front forks will never be flush. Anyways, I got in deep with the Silver Mirage, guys. <laughs> got a lot of uh, insight to share on that bike all of a sudden. But yeah, of the three, all of them have the rear, suspe rear suspension spring unbroken, which is mm. incredibly uh, fortunate. And I got all that value for twenty dollars, uh, Australian, no less, not wow. uh, your American dollar, which is on top. Um, uh, but Paul, maybe you can give me some some advice, man. The Ram Cycle has got a broken rivet on the front fork. I've never oh, seen shit. a rivet head broken off. Um, is there anything mm. I can do short of actually uh, sizing a, a rivet and, and putting a new one in? Yeah, you could probably put a new rivet in it. Um, you just you would need some kind of tool to do it. You'd need like to use like a rivet gun or something. A and rivet gun on that fork, which would possibly break the fork. Like would probably break it. Yeah. The only other suggestion I can give, um, which is kind of what I was thinking of doing to put the fork into the into the cowling at the top there, was to take like a nail, like a normal nail, and cut off the spiky bit, and then like super glue like a plastic tube on it so that it sits in there and that's how i was gonna keep it in there that was one idea although mm. i would be curious to see what somebody like action robot punch has to say or even uh bot because i mean bots got quite a bit of experience with these bad boys as well well so, i'm glad you open uh open the floor up to the assembled audience because yep bot uh i'm gonna respond to you first bro and say that yeah, I cleaned the Silver Mirages up. Uh, he thought I liked dirty, banged-up stuff. Yes and no. When it comes to the Silver Mirage, I like it squeaky clean. I mean, that is a beautiful, beautiful bike and uh, should be as, uh, as clean as a whistle. Uh, Gaz, who's a big fan of Megaforce, says <laughs> the Silver Mirage uh, fleet should be starting a Megaforce wing for G.I. Joe. Cool, yeah, man. I, I must say my, my first touchstone is not Megaforce and more Delta Force with Chuck Norris. I mean, didn't he have a bike that fired uh, fired little sort of mortars off the back and it had machine guns up front and rockets up front? So, yeah, yeah, that was a fantastic bike. But uh, I have since watched Megaforce and you're absolutely right, guys. These would be a dead ringer for those guys. Oh, I got more stuff. Am I nauseating <laughs> Oh my yet? goodness. Well, I just um, remembered something. Yeah. Sorry, just 
if if you want to like just you know take a break from talking take about your awesome stuff <laughs> do it um i suppose like i can't believe i just realized this because i haven't done it in a long time i got a new i, I got a new game because <laughs> that actually does get delivered Steam to my house what? i know shocker you um, your operation blackout no god no nobody's given me <laughs> money to play that yet so i haven't bought it yet but hey, Rage um, viper rob says it's still not worth your money so no, it's really not. But I did get a game that has got a to uh, that is toy related. That's why I figured, oh, this is actually perfect to mention. Um, it's Hot Wheels Unleashed game, which is really, really good. I got it for hmm. quite cheap. It was I got it for quite a good price. It retails for five ninety nine here locally. Um, it is fantastic. That is for a DS, very good example um, of how for for for, um, for PS five Nintendo. Yeah. Okay, PS five. No, okay. no, I got it for. But it's on everything. It's on hmm. it's on everything that plays games basically. But I got to say, guys, like that is how you make a video game based on a toy license. They've taken every, all the hallmarks of what makes Hot Wheels great, like the cars themselves and, you know, imagining the racing them around, you know, your house and stuff, which they've done. They've filled up bedrooms and lofts and basketball courts and all kinds of weird things with these orange tracks that just go into crazy, crazy spirals and loops, etc. Really fantastic. And you can make your own courses. You can make your own like little racetracks, which is great. You can even customize those rooms that you're racing in. So you can change the wallpaper and the decorations and everything of all mm. the stuff inside those rooms, which is cool. And um, micro machines, man. Very yeah, much so. Say, yeah, it's, it's a very cool. It sounds like a good update for that game. Exactly right. And then and the other thing that they my did... noobness. I was like Nintendo mm -hmm. DS when I meant Switch. Obviously, <laughs> forgive no, dude, me, guys. Good, I've been man. out of the game for so long. And then the cherry on the on the cake, so to speak, is the fact that you can customize your Hot Wheels cars. So you can unlock a whole bunch of cars in the game. Um, you either purchase them as like blind box items or you win them or whatever. And then you can still add your own paint job onto them. And they've given you a really robust customizing engine, you know, for, for making them look cool. Everything from the type of paints to the stickers and everything that you put on there. And it looks like a legit Hot Wheels car because when you see it in the game, um, they put a bit of post-processing on it and it looks like a real little car. And it's so cool. And the there's a little bonus in the form of things like the DeLorean, the time machine, as well oh. as the party wagon. And we kids have loads of Batmobiles. There's oh, tons yeah. of Batmobiles. There's too many damn Batmobiles <laughs> in that game. It's currently going through a bit of a DC phase at the moment where you can buy the DC pack and then you've got all of those, you know, those really cool DC cars. Well, not, I say really cool, but I'm not a big fan of them. But you know how Hot Wheels does it. They have like Street Fighter and the Ninja Turtles and all that kind of stuff. Some of those cars are actually in the game, but they've currently got the Batman pack going. So it's got all of the Batman heroes and villains. So there's like Robin and Batman and Armored Batman. And there's a oh, Superman in there. And there's a Bane and a Joker. Have you seen the Hot Wheels like Windrider mm -hmm. and like the Thunder Tank from Thundercats? such um, cool cars man they're very cool they're very very cool i haven't seen them locally though um okay. but but they are very every cool. time i I'm see them impressed. i'm like these are worthy pickups i wouldn't mind the little hot wheels wind raider and the um keep Party forgetting wagon. the name of the shark the little shark tank thing um the i wouldn't mind hot wheels versions of those i must be honest because they look like a lot of fun actually but uh, yeah, anyway, sorry, Steve, I didn't mean to derail you. I land just had shark. A, a, land a, a land shark. shark. There we go. Nice. Um, anyway, cool. Go for it, dude.
Hot well, berg, berg wheels. I feel like there's going to be a Hot Wheels <laughs> renaissance in my household pretty soon because Elliot loves cars. Mm. Very, he, he loves to pick them up and like just with his little finger, like play with the wheel, like back and forth. Oh, so roll them across the ground at all. Nothing like that yet. He no no nothing like that just yet he doesn't have the well he he does have the coordination but he doesn't he doesn't get anything out of like moving it along the ground like he likes to examine the toy which being a particularly meticulous uh, toy lover myself I can appreciate that um, anyways I think I'm actually done with new shit to be honest uh, I suppose I could show you uh, this week's Lego uh, from my advent calendar. Um, oh yeah <laughs> left yeah. right we've got an imperial troop transport the kind of hover variety that you see in the mandalorian inspired by the um the original toy which never made it into the the films uh, then there's a land speeder done up in a powder blue which if memory serves is from the first episode of uh mandalorian then we have the most forgettable pack-in of all um it's actually like a dio piece but it's just a random cobbling together of pieces and i really wish lego didn't bother i mean it's it's crap it's tat it's, it looks like the excess pieces that you get out of every set just put together on a a 2 by 4 stud base then a sand person or tuscan raider guys if sand you had person. shown this to me 10 years ago i would have said that's not real lego like the detail <laughs> on the head is incredible, and like I just think it's fake. Surely it's a fan project. It's it's a third party, but no, it, this is real Lego, man. And um, obviously it has that same same high quality finish. But I'm like, wow, Lego has really <laughs> become something else um, since I stopped collecting it. Then the second most forgettable piece. It's actually a stud launcher for the Tuscan Raiders. But it looks like, I don't know, man, a lawnmower with giant horns sticking out of the side. It's it's crap. <laughs> but the, the high points of the week definitely rounded out the week. I got an X-Wing and a TIE Fighter. And the engineering that goes into these is incredible because it, it's basically getting you recognizable vehicles at the lowest brick count possible. The X-Wing's S-foils can open and close. Okay, sure, there's no mechanism for it. You do it manually, so you can get them kind of in weird, non-canonical configurations if you want to. But the fact that it can splay its wings open and close them is incredible. I would have done it in a gray. I don't know why they've done it in, in white, but whatever. Lego moves in mysterious ways. I think gray would have looked less KOE. Like an X-Wing in white looks like a knockoff. Anyways, let me not labor the point. And the TIE Fighter also. Incredible engineering. Like it's something that I would have been very proud of had I did it with my own Lego collection, you know, uh, on my own Steam, uh, which is something I would have definitely done as a child. But um, I didn't actually have these parts. So my TIE Fighter would have not gotten away with being as, as small scale. But yeah, impressive stuff. Well done, Lego. You've uh, managed to secure $50 out of me for the minimal pod count possible. <laughs> <'Cause> that's <laughs> what the advent calendars are, aren't they? 
And like like, I must figure. say the magic of opening something new every single day is not lost on even a 37-year-old old man. Those figures are so small. They look like the things that you can sneak into school where you're not supposed to have any toys, but they fit in your pocket and you can play with them all day and nobody can know. <laughs> Troy, like, I like this, man. G.I. Joe was that perfect size as well. Yes. Pocket-sized. Once you get five inches, six inches, it starts becoming a strain on your like the inside pocket of your blazer. Or I suppose yeah, in the United States, you wouldn't have had blazers unless you were like some posh kid trying to make a point. Uh, yeah, I remember like great days of like being in a long, boring assembly and the kid next to me like pulling a G.I. Joe or two out of his pocket. I was like, oh, cool. We have to keep it very down low. Guys, I think it's time to talk HasLab. I know this topic is saturated everywhere, but it wrapped up this week past and in extremely dramatic fashion. So if you'd like to skip forward to the Element Extraction Play Motion chat, here is the time code you want to use. One hour, two minutes and 40 seconds. And with that out of the way, dear listener, if you're still here, we're going to talk about uh, this sweet, sweet jet, how it funded. Oh, man. I've got a story to tell, but I don't want to hog the mic. So anybody else want to step up? Paul and Rob, I imagine you guys were sleeping when it closed. Oh, no, I, I was checked actually it. awake. <laughs> oh, no, I, I wasn't awake. Um, but I, I, I kind of checked it before going to bed. I think it was still, it was still in the 7,000s, in the 8,000s, I think. Wow. Possibly, possibly in the early nine thousands. I was like, okay, it's climbing. Um, it's climbing really good. I mean, I was amazed. Yes, I mean, at that point, I, I think I was like, okay, it's probably going to hit it. But I really didn't think that they would make any of the stretch goals. At that point, I was still very skeptical. I was like, no ways. But apparently, the power of record is real strong. Uh-huh. Real I call it the strong. power of FOMO, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because once <laughs> it funded, the tumble to 16k happened in a matter of hours. Good like Lord, I, I was crazy. awake and refreshing my page the whole time. But uh, <laughs> I said I wouldn't hog the mic. Paul, what is your story? You say you were awake, man. Yeah, I was awake. I was catch. I was actually catching it sort of peripherally, um, uh, if that makes sense. Like I kept on checking everybody's posts. So. Um, like for example, MCDJ, uh, he was posting like updates of the numbers, and then guys were like, you know, saying stuff on that cha- on that one specific post about it. I think it was actually <laughs> a post on our episode. Um, but anyway, no. Uh, anyway, I was just p- watching a few different things on Facebook and just sort of posting here and there and making a few jokes here and there. And then I realized, like, I'm like, I don't want to say anything because, like, I don't know. I just didn't want to jinx it. I was like, so shit scared of jinxing it. <laughs> like, not that I mean, like, that's pretty arrogant to think that you have all the power in the world to be able to jinx it. But I just, you know, I just didn't want to contribute to, to jinxing it. Let's put it that way. So I don't want to say anything positive or negative. I was just like, <laughs> and when it funded, well, that was pretty cool because then I could be like, yay, I'm so happy I'm wrong. <laughs> and I am. I'm actually really, really happy that I was wrong about it. Uh, and, that's that's the thing um it's a good win for the gi joe community and it's a good win for a lot of us you know who you know back things and i think it's also worth mentioning that it was 
good to see the rancor or good to see a Star Wars <laughs> property get kicked in his balls <laughs> in favor of G.I. Joe, I might add. So, Fuck you, Star Wars. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. It's not like I hate Star Wars or anything, but I mean, for how long has, like, Star Wars gotten (laughs) everything? You know, they get cool toys, they get cool vehicles, they get a toy line that just never dies, despite, you know, being, you know, stabbed in the heart and doused in holy water, you know, and then still left (laughs) out in the sun. It still fucking comes back, pardon me. So it was nice. Like, sorry, and I'm going to say this, but fuck you, Star Wars. Okay? You deserve this one. Fuck you, Star Wars. Like, Rancor, please. I just think they didn't manage it as it's as well. I think they didn't read the room as well as the guys in the G.I. Joe division did. They needed Emily, dude. Those extras is, is, I think, definitely what sold this as well. And how. All of a sudden, it became a very good deal. Well, do you think that G.I. Joe fans are going to get in um, modern toy production climate? Do you think G.I. Joe fans are kind of like in the eyes of Hasbro now? They're kind of like seen as, you know, that like, oh God, it's going to sound terrible. They're seeing, uh, uh, fans are seen as that like sort of very eager, very forward person at a bar. And you think, and Hasbro's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to indulge this person. I could use it as well. It's a win win situation. And then the next morning, you know, like, you know, you you've got something extra i've got a feeling that i and i know it sounds bad the analogy that i'm using here but i kind of feel like hasbro has now sort of scratched an itch there and they're gonna have to keep on giving because i think joe fans are not gonna back off now i think they're gonna be like yes we got a sky striker come on hasbro where's our retro figures come on hasbro where's, where's our the whale? whale where's the where's whale the hey. and there are people that there it's are like actually people out yeah, where, where is it? Where is it? Come on, Hasbro. Mm. Damn it, man. We made a promise with each other. We promised each other. Come on. <laughs> I gave you a whole bunch of my money and you gave me a Sky Striker. We're in love now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm going to back away from the mic. <laughs> no, you, you said a mouthful, Paul. Uh, Troy, you watched it uh, live, presumably. I mean, it was t- during your uh, awake hours. I don't know. What time do you go to bed? Like on the West Coast, I suppose it, it closed at... Um, mm. Uh, 9 p.m. Yes. So on the East Coast, I, you know what? I don't know. I missed it. I can't believe I missed it, but, um, I got in early. I got in at 50. Well, then you didn't need to watch the the, the finish line. You can just uh, wake up to the spoils. Like what, what I backed back, you know, 45 days ago, it's got extra stuff. What? Yeah. I I was on, I backed it at 5,050. That's where I was right in the middle. And when I first, when it first came out, I was like, Oh gosh, that's a lot of money for a sky striker and I was a little hesitant and then I thought mm. about some more and I was like oh you know what I, I do want to back this I do want to see G.I. Joe um I, I'm just gonna go for it and if it goes it goes if it doesn't it doesn't and I I saw your um your your podcast last week and you called it and I was like whoa it's like that would be something I hope that's the case what really threw it over for me was like I, I did want the extra figures. I, I did want the O-ring Scarlet. I wanted the or sorry the fl- flight suit Scarlet. I wanted the the Night Force Ripcord and then uh, mm. Wayne Ruthel. It's like those those other figures is like pretty much the reason why I bought it more so than the jet. Well, so, now you've also got uh, three Cobra figures thrown into the mix for free. Yes, well, I like already that. free. You've paid dearly for it, so <laughs> they should better damn well be there. 
Um, awesome. Well, you know, the truth about the prediction was, um, you know, Biff Tannen from the future came back and gave me the toy almanac. Ah. That's, <laughs> that's how I knew. I mean, I wasn't going to actually drop the exact figure. I wanted to kind of not make it seem like I was a freak. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, so guys, did you, I did woke you bet up on it to then? the news. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I should have. I should have. But uh, who am I betting with? Uh, betting with, you know, my, my mates? We're all yeah. broke. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up to the news that it had funded. So at 6 a.m. local time here, I switched my phone off flight mode and saw the post. I think it was, it, once again, it was the Joburg post. I saw um, Robert Kalupitan, I think, had posted it and Paul mm. had commented on it. A bunch of uh, our regulars, shall I say, uh, had commented on it. And that's when the FOMO started to build because I hadn't backed this project. Uh, I had my reasons and they seem like petty to get into now. But obviously the cost and the difficulty that internationals face in getting this toy uh, were a factor because as as dear a cost as $230 plus tax is to folks in the United States and the UK, uh, Canada maybe, um, that includes postage. So that's the one that's a one-off cost. That's all you need to worry about. For everyone in other parts of the world, you got to worry about courier fees and import duties like there are a lot of question marks that push this thing further into the bracket of not worth it and if you had already made up your mind that it wasn't worth it from the off well forget about it and i had i had been in that camp but with the knowledge that it now had funded i had an itch i was like this is gonna be the biggest party gi joe has celebrated in a long time this is gonna be a win for Let's party. And exactly. Blitzem, baby. <laughs> Blitzem, baby. <laughs> um, and I, I, I felt like if I wasn't in on this, it would just make me fester even more. Like I was, I was kind of embittered about Hasbro doing a, a HasLab and, and producing the same toy we've had. You know, like all the criticisms were bubbling to the surface. And how do you quiet those criticisms? Well, by playing the game, by getting involved and joining in the fun, as it were, the fun of being a consumer to an overpriced toy. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's almost like it doesn't matter if the Sky Striker sucks or is good or is average or like will always play second fiddle to my vintage original. The fact that I was now participating was almost worth the price of admission but it was not all said and done at 6 a.m that's when the itch started um and i had approximately like eight hours at that point to kind of make up my mind and i i did my best to forget about it just leave it leave it it's too it's too difficult to arrange to get one now like it's it's late like just just Perish the thought, Stephen. So as I say, I went about my day as per usual. Kim and I took Elliot to a massive communal pool, met up with some medical friends who also had kids. Um, we made a day of it, came home, put him down for his nap, made some lunch. I checked in. Scarlet had been unlocked. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> 
all of a sudden the the, the comments started coming in like oh we got scarlet we got but we're definitely not going to get ripcord guys like forget about it this is this is a dream come true like we should be grateful and that's when i started looking at um online alternatives uh first port of call um snowcat ron informed me that he bought in uh, he was on the fence just like me and we'd kind of bantered about our reasonings um he had taken the plunge and used Zavi. Um, Zavi is international, but Zavi Netherlands actually gets the Sky Striker. And I was like, oh, sweet. Zavi Australia does not. Um, but I went onto the ne Netherlands site and my Dutch isn't great, but I could tell from the wording and just from previous experience that um, when Sky I tried adding it to cart, it said this item is not available in your local Zavi store. I'm like, oh, damn it. But that wasn't my last port of call. I then checked um, uh, an email thread or comment thread from uh, Mr. Dark Core himself, Robert Kalupatan, who said I had two options. Um, the one was Philippines-based, and that would take some rather expensive couriering. And the second was uh, based in Singapore called Oh My Primus, and they had stock of the pre-order. This is so weird. I've never done a HasLab before, but, and you're going to think I'm really country bumpkin, I've never done a pre-order before in my life. Like, the toys I buy are all 20 or more years old. Um, buying, a, buying something that does not yet exist is a strange concept to me. But I put in a pre-order with Oh My Primus, all it took to secure one was $50 down payment. Uh, amazing. 50 Sing dollars, that's 500 Rand. That's about 35 US. Uh, and I think, I think I've got a Haslab Sky Striker. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Nice, yeah. dude. Damn. Yeah, I thought you weren't going to do it. <laughs> I got the email confirmation from Oh My Primus. Um, and then just today, I've checked my emails and he says, yes, don't worry, Steve, your, your order is secure. Uh, you only need to pay the difference, the other $280 sing dollars, um, when it ships. I'm like, sweet. I've got a year and a half to save for that. <laughs> Delight. Yeah, pre-orders yeah, are very my strange. My sister-in-law can just uh, go and pick it up. It's like, like in the same neighborhood she lives in. That's wild. Yeah, I think your pre-ordering culture is very different from obviously buying, yeah, like old toys. Yep, yep, yep. I must tell you guys that I was on the fence all the way up until, like, I was teetering on the brink of, do I talk to Kim about this? Do I not? <laughs> and I decided, oh, what the hell? Let's see what she says. And that was the galvanizing moment. She was like, Stephen, are you crazy? Don't miss out. You owe it to everyone who punishes themselves by listening to you week after week. Jaw <laughs> you need I love Kim. to buy this jet. Like, forget about it. <laughs> Not even, don't even give it a second thought. Like, hit buy now. So yeah, no, that was that was that. And she, and a great point made by Pablo on the Facebook group is that Elliot will be three years old, <laughs> and will will probably be old enough to play with it by the time it gets to me. So yeah easy and then and then providence struck i was bantering with a fellow australian uh, matt little boy on on facebook he was like we got scarlet there's no ways we're getting ripcord 
And I was like, oh, wait and see, man. There's still like 30 minutes left on the clock. 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, we're almost there. And and it happened. I think within the last 20 minutes of the 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 campaign, Ripcord was unlocked. And that's why champagne bottles were being cracked around the world. We were like, what the fuck? Hasbro is giving us like seven figures in this box two vehicles all those shitty blast effects the stand the jet. <laughs> i'm like yeah okay okay that's that's 230 us well well enough spent i mean as i say in modern toy climate that's probably value for money uh we we have our views skewed as buyers of vintage toys because i will always favor a beta that i can work on a project that i can get at a steal over something that is mint you know has has the parachutes has the box like yes in that sense 230 us for a vintage sky striker with all its stuff is a steal but guys i bought a sky striker for 60 quid that's like 35 dollars i mean that that was my, my level of investment in the sky striker previously so yeah 230 was a bitter pill but made oh so sweet by the extras and the fact that I haven't felt it yet. So I'm laughing, guys. Anyways, that's me. I'm going to shut the hell up now. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you joined the team. And I'm just thinking about the upcoming movie. <laughs> you have to wait. But, guys, I mean, we can play out the, the role play of it already. Because, oh, poorly. One day in the not too distant future, a Sky Striker will take off from the deck of the flag to do a combat air patrol around Cobra Island. And out of the sky thunders something that looks like a flaming skull from low orbit. <laughs> and the battle is joined. Hey, imagine that. Haslab Sky Striker awesome. versus Robo Skull Mark II. Ooh, it's going to happen. Well, I think the Sky Striker might be at a disadvantage if you just do sheer numbers. There's a oh, lot yeah. more Robo Game Skulls over, in the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a swarm of red skulls. Awesome. Paul, did you back it, dude? You're the uh, the question mark at this point. What? The, the Sky Striker? Mm. Sadly, not yet. I actually don't have the dosh for it, uh, thanks to the Robo Skull. <laughs> nice. so, um, but that's okay. Um, I, I'm not feeling any major FOMO if um, if a specific client pays me in time, I might actually I might I may actually jump in on the old Sky Striker. Uh, I'm very excited. I know that a lot of guys are very amped for the ripcord. I am very happy that Scarlet actually came into the mix. I was that was probably the one figure in there I was really really amped about. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I, I'm feeling the FOMO. I, I won't lie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just haven't got the the the, the stuffies, the monies right now for it. But you know, maybe it'll come my way. We'll see. You know, folks do backflips over Night Force Ripcord, um, and I don't want to rain on anyone's parade. But for me, Ripcord V one will never be usurped. Like I don't need alternative decos when the original deco is so good. Yep. So the real prize of the unlocks is the Scarlet for me because that is effectively a new figure i know it's the same ace body mold but i don't think you could conceivably get scarlet's swivel head under that dome 
So they will have to, to retool parts of it, tweak parts of it. So we're getting a figure in a role that we've never previously got in the O-ring versions. So yes, mm. putting Scarlet in, Scarlet in that pressure suit effectively makes her a new figure to me and one that adds more function to Scarlet that never existed previously. She's going to look good in the Sky Striker. Oh, yes. This I'll chuck that bloody Wayne Ruthel out. No yeah. parachute. <laughs> <laughs> this may be controversial, but what are your thoughts or do you have any thoughts about the chess piece for Scarlet? Do you think just using, okay, this is Ace's chess piece is the same, or do you think there should be a more uh, feminine chess piece? <laughs> should she have tits, Troy? You're so polite. I love it. This show, we let our hair down, but... I well, <laughs> let me not answer first. Who who who, who Sorry, that just sunk in. have? Who here <laughs> believes that um, Ace's classic chest piece should uh, be endowed? <laughs> I think it's it, I think it's totally fine the way it is. Um, I suppose it's the same argument as like when uh, when there's like armor when when women and men have armor. Boobs. But like, um, no, I think it's totally fine. I mean, the, in real life, I mean, I don't think they make, you know, they design the suits necessarily differently. Yeah, I haven't, I, I mean, if you, aside from the like sort of posture and maybe some of the proportions, when you see a male and a female pilot in the flight suit with their helmets on, it's difficult to really determine who's who, you know, like what their genders are. So to me, that doesn't bug me too much. I've always actually kind of liked that about the modern era figures in that there are, there's some gear that you could just put a female head on that gear and it kind of makes sense. You know, you know, you, and our customizers out there, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that doesn't bug me. I'm, I'm totally cool with it, actually. Well, Troy, I'm glad yeah. you set up the question, but do you believe it should be a, a different piece? Uh yes i i do and and it's hard to describe why without just sounding like a total pervert <laughs> but it's just like a, a woman's figure is different and um yeah i just i just think it would be more unique and more it would be more scarlet if it were a little different um maybe a, even a slimmer waist and um but yeah, we'll see we'll see what they do uh, to that i point, think troy i, I say that makes sense yeah Mm. I'm but standing you, mm. a version 1.5 Scarlet next to a version 1.5 Rock and Roll, and Scarlet is ever so slightly shorter. Mm -hmm. So staturally, and I think the shortness comes in the oh okay knee knee joint is exactly the same height. Um, the tops of the legs end in the same position. It's actually the waist piece. Mm -hmm. The men have a taller waist piece. Uh, whereas Scarlet's is rounder and shorter. Um, so if they gave that ace a new waist piece, and let's that that ace buck a new waist piece, and let's be honest, like the waist piece is always going to seem out on the classic ace costume. I mean, he looks like he robbed his crotch from a Strato Viper with the <laughs> black and gray, which is nowhere else on the rest of the figure. Um, so maybe a different tooling on the waist piece would would just kind of lower her stature a little bit and, and make her less analogous to her male brethren in that flight, flight suit. But yeah, to answer the question, I don't have a problem with it. And I quite like it being androgynous. Like a flight suit is a flight suit is a flight suit. There's a lot more 
rigid stuff in that front piece that would not allow her breasts to to be prominent. And then from a business standpoint, it, it makes no sense to, to retool when you can have the yeah. other, it's just different paint app. And, you know, it could go either way, but I was just, you know, curious. But, I mean, you can always just take a classic Scarlet crotch and uh, swap it out with that figure and then paint <laughs> it up. Because, you, yep. you know, those things then aren't you know like hands one. <laughs> <laughs> An unbroken Scarlet crotch? Cheapers. Do those things still exist? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's so not better not breathe scratch. on them. I think that wraps up our, our Haslab Sky Striker chat, guys. Um, check back in with us a year and a half from now. But yeah, I'm I'm so happy to have been at that party. It was a good one. I'm glad Still you're able to join it, dude. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm glad you made it right under the under the wire. It's just cool well, that yeah, if... Joe Big's got a Sky Striker now, so. If, Paul, you don't secure one, at this rate, the three of us can still play together. Rob will be yeah. in his 83 original. Yeah, You'll be in your 2011. I'll have the new Royal Highness. And we'll take to the skies. <laughs> and just to add insult to injury, my 2011 has got shipwreck livery on it. So, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the early 2010s were a strange time for you, Paul. No, man, I just, I've got two of the damn things. And I figured, well, one of them is going to be shipwrecks. The other one's totally going to be aces. So let me make the one shipwrecks because it's the most ridiculous thing. And it's a nod to Sunbow. So I mean, and it also doesn't hurt that I, I have want... a pilot Scarlet. So that's just, ah. oh wow. yeah. The Glenda, the silver and blue. Mm. I've got, yeah, I've nice. got the blue one. She's awesome. I maintain that, and, and I perhaps need to do a, an actual empirical rewatch of the cartoon to, 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 to add to my claim. But I think Ace has got the worst shoot down ratio of any pilot in GI Joe. It's just ironic <laughs> that he is, he is the jet pilot of GI Joe because every time he's in a sky striker, practically, I think there was one example of an episode where his sky striker doesn't get shot down, but because he's always piloting the sky striker, and because the Sky Strikers are so frequently shot down, I guess just mathematically, he's going to have the worst ratio. Like There's that guy is just, he, he is bad luck, man. He gets in that jet. That jet is not coming home. <laughs> Anyways, Sky Striker chat closed. Troy, this weekend, man, we, uh, we collaborated on element extraction. Uh, this was a spin-out story which basically took our two contributions on Element X, the, the Backyard Battles uh, film from last year, which formed part of Cobra Convergence, as it turns out. Uh, anyways, if you haven't seen it, check out the link in the description. We decided to indulge ourselves and tell our stories over a, a less constrained period because Paul very cruelly... Um, <laughs> <laughs> insisted that we only have two minutes apiece in the original um, element extraction or element x yeah i'm so horrible <laughs> moving know, along right? but i whipped up a, a script that kind of took into account uh, windmills uh, adversities on the ground and my team's uh, difficulties after beachhead gets shot and i guess the 
the great joy of this was half of it was already in the can, thanks mm -hmm. to Element X. We just had to kind of tie it up nicely. You uh, you did most of the extensive reshoots, I must say. Uh, all of the action, the new action was all shot by you. What's your process, man? Did you uh, go for another hike up into the hills surrounding your house? Uh, absolutely. Yes. W went back. Um, it was easier uh, just because it was one helicopter and one down. And, and uh, just kind of trying to find some cool rocks and some cool... Um, Trying to find trees actually was a little difficult around this area because it's it is kind of a desert area, but there were some trees because I was trying to match the area that your group was in so that they would mold together because we're shooting this on two different continents, but we're <laughs> <laughs> have, trying to make it look like it they're in the same place. So that, that I was think we succeeded in that. I mean, a rock is a rock is a rock, whether I it's down under <laughs> or if it's in uh, California. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Paulie. Mm. It meshes well together. I mean, I, I, I would not have been able to look at any specific shot and gone, this was filmed in this place or, you know, that was filmed in that place. It may, it, it comes together really well. Oh, thanks, thank bro. you. Yeah. Heck Mission yeah, accomplished. Dude. And I, I appreciate that you really, for, even from the beginning when we did this, you really cared a lot about Windmill. Because I remember some uh, conversations in the chat. Well, what about Windmill? Is Windmill okay? Is he dead? Is he alive? <laughs> and it, you just really wanted to take care of him. And I, I appreciate that. And the script you wrote was really good. And, and when you asked me to be participating, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. We got to figure this out. We, we well, gotta... Troy, you and I have unfinished business, man. Yeah. I, I always felt bad that uh, the <laughs> the fate of, of our Playmotion adventure was unre unresolved. Um, you told such a compelling story with Falcon as your principal character. And I had the, the third and final chapter uh, half shot, I'm going to say. But it's closer to a quarter. Rob, if you can recall the last time we ever shot Playmotion together... It was on the burning sands of the Atlantis desert. Yes. And um, that was going to contribute towards a, a, a film production called Red Glare, mm -hmm. which would ah. have been the, the clairvoyance uh, third part. Um, and it just, obviously, for obvious reasons, the world kind of going into lockdown and me being trapped eight time zones away <laughs> never came into fruition. And I was like, but... I wanted to work with Troy again. So fortunately, we had both collaborated on this Backyard Battles and that gave me the idea to, to link up again, join forces. And yeah, it was something that I wanted to insist upon that, that there be a greater sense of continuity than just simply handing off the ball between contributors. Like I wanted to reference events in Troy's film. Um, and the, the key event was Windmill getting shot down and crashing out. But then what happens after that? My mm -hmm. Joes are kind of at a loose end at a loose end after kind of losing the package and then getting it and then losing it again. Um, so they might as well start search and rescue and see if they can recover either a body or or save a life. And that's that gave us our point of departure. Enter Voltar and the Iron Grenadiers. Yes. I, I was, that was your idea, Troy. Yeah, I wanted to do that. And I also wanted to put Voltar in uh, Destro's despoiler and have everybody think it was Destro, but be the surprise and Voltar. 
Um, Voltar is an unusual character. As a kid, it's I had this uh, purple cape that was on another action figure, and I would always put that around Voltar. I don't know what it was about the purple and the gold, but it just, I guess it reminded me of royalty. And so I used him a lot as a kid. And it's like, oh, he's a general. He's pretty cool. He's he's fitting to to uh, command these Iron Grenadiers. And that would be a good good play to get him in. Um, at the time, when we started shooting it, I thought it'd be his debut. <laughs> but uh, I think he showed up in the Renegades. And he, he was just fine there, too. Well, now that he's a carryover character... It's kind of given me ideas for the fourth part of the Renegade story to somehow reference this, that Voltar's got these G.I. Joe captives. Mm -hmm. um, because, spoiler alert, uh, the film ends with Dusty, Windmill, and Roadblock being taken taken prisoner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we're in the ending. <laughs> <laughs> but, Troy, <laughs> I, I was kind of writing these things concurrently and... I think, yeah, I mean, I guess either great minds think alike or, or fools never differ, one of the two. <laughs> but um, the, the idea of giving Voltar some much-needed respect uh, mm -hmm. sprang up in both me and you in our separate um, endeavors. And it's not difficult to see why. Like, he's such a terrific sculpt. Mm -hmm. And if he indeed is responsible for the Iron Grenadiers, he must be pretty jacked. Like, he's... He knows what he's doing. He's Destro's general. And, I mean, if you regard Destro's strate strategic uh, skills to be pretty top-notch, the guy who Destro hires to command his forces must be a pretty incredible mind. Um, but we focused on him in a more action sense, <laughs> flying those, those um, the spoilers. And it was your idea to bring in his optics. Uh, which Celia nope. loved, by the way. Every I, time you did that. I, Sorry, think I, was like, mention. I, I think I lifted that. Oh, thank you, Celia. I think I lifted that from you, Steve. You were the one who said, oh, yeah, do something cool with his eye and his optics. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, you definitely delivered, man. Uh, oh, you gave you. a kind of red tint and a fish-eyed lens. Mm -hmm. And then you got really close in to the action. It was like, ah, there you are, Roadblock. Something to that yeah. effect. No, I just wanted to say, I already felt that like Voltar's um, sort of superiority came through well. I felt like... Uh, he was strategic. I felt like he was confident. I got that vibe from from the character, from the way that you guys put him on screen. Because uh, there was one moment, uh, just when he goes, you know, good show, GI Joe's. You know, like I just liked that. That was like honorable. He was like, you know, nice one. I'm better than you, but you know, nice one. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and I I really liked that. I thought that was a very good piece of script writing, and the the, the delivery was great as well. Sorry, it's, I, you know, just, it's something cool that I figured I should mention. Anyway. Well, I can't yeah. get it out of my head that um, Voltar and the Iron Grenadiers are called by some as Destro's space conquistadors. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why Voltar has the accent. Yes. And, and when he was flying, uh, we, we had a discussion about um, at the end, when he's going to end the fight... You know, I was like, there needs to be some more scripting here because he's flying around and 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 taunting, and it's like, my script writing was like, okay, well, he's going to make fun of the Iron Grenadiers. Like, there's four of you. There's only two of them. What are you? What's wrong with you guys? You know, that's that's Cobra Commander cartoonish, 
but I like the way that you scripted it out. It's like, okay, it is time to end this. And he's not going to talk down to his troops. So I, I kind of want to have him to be a different type of leader than um, cartoon Cobra Commander. So mm. I, I liked how that, that worked out. Well, he's, he's a strategic type of fella. He knows that yeah. um, the ground forces only need to, to hem the Joes in and stop them from escaping. That the, the victory will be won through air power. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is your opinion on the despoiler? I know I kind of, at first I asked, Troy, do you have any AGPs? And you're like, um, no, but I got a couple of despoilers. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. We could make that a kind of a more general purpose ride. Why not? Yeah. Um, I, 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 you know, I think for what it, for the purpose of the mission, it's the right tool. Um, they're small one-armed man, manned, uh, flying objects they're looking for element x and uh you know you get a good bird's eye view you're not way way up in the sky but you can cover a lot of grounds you're not too far away from the ground you can still see a lot of detail and uh, you got a couple of them screwing around you're going to find a lot of stuff and like a pilot <laughs> and practically speaking having a guy sort of three quarters exposed allows you to engage with the character I don't think we could have gotten that POV sort of connection to the, the red optic as clear if you'd been right. shooting it through the, the red glass of a um, AGP. So yeah, the despoiler paid off big time. And it's just got yeah. such neat armament for its purpose. Mm -hmm. I love those mini missiles. They're yes. like, they're big enough to pack, pack a punch to kind of silence the battlefield, but they wouldn't completely obliterate the Joes. It's like... If you can imagine those, those very gritty kind of war movies of the day where an RPG goes off and all of a sudden everything's dusty and everyone's got hearing damage and you just have like a high-pitched ringing. Like that's what I envision when, when mm -hmm. the Joes go down and are ultimately captured. And he purp I purposely had the missile go between where they were at mm. instead of like right on top of somebody. You had a great so dust puff at that point. Oh, yes. Nice touch. <laughs> Thank you. How do you do that, actually? Like, practically in the shots? Do you kind of toss dust at the guys, or do you throw a stone that then kicks up dust from beneath? A handful of dust. Nice. With pixie dust. <laughs> nice, dry, Californian dust. Absolutely. Fine. Mm. A question I have there, um, and it's something I noticed when I went to Kokomo Toys, uh, was there were two different types of despoiler. There was one that had, like, brown plastic and then there was one that has the more gold plastic i steven didn't believe me <laughs> i still don't I, um <laughs> for the record can't you tell that the ones on troy's video are the brown plastic and mine's the gold plastic like it's like clear as day <sighs> <laughs> well, i just wanted... I, I just see slight variations and that's i mean gps man that that swirly gold that was used that, that there will always be variation in the kind of yeah but like the choice ones goldness. are like distinctly brown sorry to be like okay. uh, to to uh, uh camper on about this but the cool thing is is my despoiler here lives with me so mm -hmm. i'm just gonna switch on my camera quickly for our hello everybody hey paul see oh, his is more golden there we go <laughs> i'm not crazy <laughs> well, not that kind of crazy. See? Yay. All right. Question for the comments thread on the YouTube version. 
is Paul what does crazy? It mean? <laughs> <laughs> and also, get, like a whole bunch of versions. Well, yeah. Look, it, does anyone have any first-hand experience with this? Uh, can they confirm or deny that there are two distinct variations? I'm gonna guess that there are multiple. Like, there's a kind of a, a gradation <laughs> of gold into brown, and depending on what run of of plastic you got out of the factory, that's the color you get. But yeah, if there are two distinctive color variations, let me know. I've learned this weekend that I've got very bright green parts on my RAM, and then I've got very dull olive green parts on my RAM. And I've managed to separate them out. So I've got two bikes. Well, no, I've got a, a, a very nice grade. One bike is a dull green. The other is extremely lurid emerald green. And then there's one in between. So that would support my theory that like over the course of time, the color gradation changes back and forth. Yeah. But Bart says in the chats, I have three and all of mine are gold. Mm. So I don't know if that helps us, but thanks for, <laughs> thanks for playing, Bart. <laughs> well, I Crazy think I yes, wrong no, says Darren. <laughs> and all of mine are, <laughs> mine are brown. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. There you go. Maybe maybe it's a climate thing as well. Maybe the yeah, gold is be. deteriorating over time. Good. Anyways, guys, Sorry, guys. Um, anyway, carry on about the awesomeness that is the, the spoiler because it's a great vehicle. Well, uh, Rob, Paul, you guys got any questions for the creators of this? Paul, you contributed a, a very cool uh, track we called Condor, mm -hmm. which we used for Voltar's introduction. Yes. Yeah, thank you, guys. Um, that one, hmm. Uh, I went through quite a few uh, tracks trying to make the right kind of thing. And I got to say, uh, you guys, thanks to that, you put me into a genre of synthwave that I've always enjoyed, but I've never tried to make myself. Um, it's more of the horror synth or the dark synth um, style of music. Um, now, I know that that piece of music isn't necessarily that, but having explored all of that, I, did, I came full circle to what I gave you there. And um, I'm quite happy with it. In fact, it was quite cool. Uh, Celia, when she heard it, she was like, oh, that's so cool. Because, you know, that was just nice, you know, to hear. I agree. That was, yeah, thank you. And uh, when you guys liked it, I was, I was very, it was super cool for me. To, so thank you. Um, and I'm, I may make that available soon for the Patreons, for the Bergforce. <laughs> um, I just want to just polish it a little bit because I'm worried that the version I gave you is, is good. I just would like, it, like to polish it a bit better. But yeah, that's about uh, the depth of that. Um, and I got to say, guys, I really liked where you used music. I thought the music came across really well. It was used in, I, I felt that it spoke in, in the episode. So that was great. That was cool for me. Like, sorry for patting myself on the back here, but it's just nice to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, we use the familiar sunbow cues as well for their dramatic and nostalgic impacts. And it's work. so nice to have something new to add to the kind of the lexicon of G.I. Joe tunes. And yeah, synth wavy stuff for a guy who wears magenta. That's just, that's sublime. Thank you, Paul. Yay. Oh, Thanks. Matthew says... Matthew says, Neon Robot God is my new favorite Paul track. <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> if you ever want to see the debut of that, it's from a Cobra Convergence video, actually, where uh, Rob, Steve, and myself did this. Uh, we got these cool bats from uh, Greg Crockett. And so we turned our bats into our Cobra Convergence videos. 
and yeah. Uh, so yeah, Neon Robot God was made as part of uh, part of my submission to that little trifecta <laughs> um, of shorts. So thank you, man. It's it's cool. So it's, uh, it's actually one of my faves as well. It's one of the songs I play in the car every now and then. Um, there is a question I wanted to ask, um, mm. and it's it's a weird one because uh, there's a there's a sequence that you do in that that I really love. It's uh, where the uh, Iron Grenadiers start sort of um, circling in on Dusty. And the way that you, like Troy, the way that you set them all up and the way that you shoot that is very sexy. I really love that. Was that inspired by anything that you had seen? Did you have like, did you have that like visualized in your head? And then, you know, you look for reference of cool ways to do it? Or did you have that in your head from the beginning? Like, were you like, oh, that's how I'm going to do it. And then it played out or... What is the story there? Because I really love that. So that's one of the questions I, I have for that. Well, I, th I think I, the, what I was looking for was overwhelming force, that these guys were well outnumbered. And I, th I think I have like four, maybe five Iron Grenadiers. I don't have all their guns. I don't have all them fully equipped. So I thought, okay, if I put them face down and just have them shooting and, you know, so that you can't see their guns, but you can tell that somebody's there and shooting and, and um, you think like, all right, it's an even fight, there's two and two, and then just crossing over the screen. I just thought it'd be a, a cool look because you're, you're looking downfield and when you're looking at that shot, it is kind of funny because it's all kind of desert and rock and then you see this green and orange little glow. <laughs> and it's like that's windmill <laughs> over there on the ground. It's like no camouflage, you know. Forget it. He's he's dressed for like rescue me, get me out of here. <laughs> Not uh, let's let's do some combat. Um, so yeah, I, th I think that was the idea. And then I I don't know where I got the idea of just having them like fall into place, like down down down. You know, it's like line up. And I think it's just the idea of this, well, there's like, not much cover out there. That to hug no. that rock. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And you make an interesting point. Absolutely. It's as if Windmill was expecting to get shot down when he got dressed <laughs> that morning. Like yeah. he is wearing perfect colors for being rescued. Yeah. But yes, not perfect colors for escape and evade on the ground, being hunted by iron grenadiers. And why and doesn't he have a sidearm? You know? I, I know. Yeah. I was looking on his scalp and I was like, oh, he's got a weapon. And I was like, oh, that would be an inter interesting plot point. Hey, uh, I think Rob knows about that sidearm. Yes. About windmill sidearm. Oh, yeah. Do I? How do I know about that? <laughs> well, I'll refresh your memory. Rob, Rob so, on the spot. <laughs> Rob, just, uh, Troy, you might not be aware of this, but uh, windmill did classically come with a pistol. Mm -hmm. But Huge I think one. the word pistol is a bit strained when describing this gargantuan cannon of a weapon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rob remembers now. Yeah. Who did I you did. give that gun to? Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, it must have been something in... in uh, it must have been shifters, I imagine. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm pretty convinced when uh, you finally caved and wanted to give Scoop a more lethal bent, when Alistair had kind of harangued you enough, like... Come on, Rob. You can't be Scoop again, man. Sick of you <laughs> filming the whole thing. Come on, you've got to, you've got to have an actual covering fire. You picked up Windmill's revolver and were like, "Yeah, this is this is the one. This is going to shoot helicopters out of the sky." <laughs> That's what I use this gun for. Got to dirty Harry this up. <laughs> exactly. I think you were like big on Dirty Harry at the time. 
Absolutely. I, I think I probably rewatched the movies uh, quite near to when we when I decided to pick that gun up. I mean, it, it, it is quite conspicuous that it's not in there, but I, I suppose it would weigh down, you know, the chopper he was in. That's... It's conspicuous that <laughs> would be armed with such a behemoth to begin with. I mean, what is he expecting to do? Have to shoot out his canopy? Yeah. <laughs> it's a big, big gun. Anyways, it's, I mean, it's comically oversized, mm-hmm. but I suppose there are actual revolvers of a similar size, but yeah, they're not the kind of thing you would, you would practically wield. Well, it, it makes a nice change of pace though. I mean, in, in the, th- you know, in the third half of the, well, in, in, in that part of the video where you have someone who doesn't have a gun, it has to kind of like think on his feet to kind of like survive for the, for the next, you know, couple of minutes until he can kind of hopefully uh you know uh, get back together with the rest of the gi joe team you played that one neatly into troy's hands by calling it survive yes Indeed, <laughs> there was a bit of scripting that um mostly wound up on the cutting room floor but a little bit of it remained a real easter egg to anyone who is down with their deep joe law uh troy do you want to do you want to crack that topic open brother Absolutely. Uh, so you've got a guy who's running around. He's crashed. There's no one to talk to. So he kind of has to talk to himself. And um, so I had to come up with some dialogue for him. Like, what, what would he be saying to himself? And, I, you know, G.I. Joe's, they're, they're the best of the best of the best. But there's got to be some guy who's kind of scared <laughs> and not, not the be- you know, the weakest of the best. And I, <laughs> to, to put it unpolite. And I kind of see windmill that way. It's like, all right, you know, he's a pilot. Um, he's not necessarily trained for ground. And I can see him being a little, I tried to play him as like nervous and anxious. So trying to self-talk himself. And what is he going to self-talk? Well, he's got to think about Outback because Outback is a survival training. And it's like, okay, you know, these are the skills they'll teach you. You hope you don't have to use them. So you maybe sleep through that part of your training <laughs> and so he's kind of like gonna okay survival s all right survey you know survey think uh, understand the situation and and uh, you know um look around what what do i have and that's that's where the part is like okay he's checking his body all right what injuries do i have okay i'm not injured i have no weapons okay what about the radio the radio's broken no vehicle all right you know, he surveyed the situation and that's what he's kind of going down the checklist, which I think is what a pilot would do. Pilots are very much on checklists. Like before we take off, we got to do, 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 do. you check all these things. I guess it's he forgot. To check, I guess he forgot to check the checklist of like pack a weapon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, he, like, he's, oh, if sorry, he did I have that it. hand cannon um, and he was flung from the wreck, like that thing, you can't yeah. strap that thing down. It'll break free. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's probably strewn somewhere, like half a mile away. Yeah, because um, like the thing, the vibe that I get from Windmill is that he tries to be the best pilot he can possibly be, so that he doesn't ever crash. So, right. yeah. yeah. So he's like, he probably doesn't pack a sidearm then anyway. Now that I think about it, he's like, no, I'm not going to pack a sidearm. I'll never crash. I'm going to fly so damn well. Yeah, that didn't yeah. work out for him this time, and it's cool. You know, and he's such a, he's a fun character though. Like the way that you, that you brought his characterization in, you know, he, he kind of comes across as, as a goofball, you know, he's competent, but he's a goofball and it yeah. was great. 
um and you and you guys did it in a, in a real in a very realistic way or very believable way should i say um i enjoyed that because you could have gone completely stupid and goofy the way that they sort of play um bazooka up in the sunbow series you know or or worse characters from the deke series pick literally any one of them um and you guys didn't you guys played it very on the line and with like little dips into silliness and that was i thought was was the best call so well i had windmill not as a child but as a teen and i loved the sky storm so i tolerated the figure but if you want to see this figure lampooned and sent up in an excellent fashion you need to only look as far as hcc 788's mm -hmm. uh, review right where he dresses up in neon green and, and orange and i think he wears mickey mouse ears Mickey Mouse ears. Because, that's right let's be honest like those strange protrusions on windmill's hel helmet yeah that, that it's not a flattering look <laughs> <laughs> yeah i chose windmill um because i chose the locust i wanted to use the locust that came with the general mm -hmm. and then i was like looking through all my pilots and it's like okay which which one matches the locust the best? And I was like, oh, well, this green kind of looks nice. So that's why I chose Wimmeel. And, and that, and he doesn't get a lot of play. He, um, you know, he fits in that range where there was, he has no animation appearances. I don't know his comic book appearance, but it just seemed like it was kind of a blank slate. He's probably not very many people's favorites. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like using the underdogs because... Mm. They're, it, the roster's so big, and it's like it's it's kind of fun just to spotlight individual characters um, and just bring them to life. Telling a story with the guys who are tried and true is all very fine and well, but the guys who haven't been touched by media are a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, very it gives appealing. you so much leeway in like yes. how you how you can uh, characterize them. We are, by situating ourselves in the kind of 87, 88 camp or era of figures, we are effectively trying to be a third season of Sunbow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the, 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 these are the guys that never saw animated appearance. So, yeah, they really are ours to do with what we wish. Um, Darren Cobb is like, he is one of the men sent in to get the men, sent in to get the men, sent in to get the men. Yes, he is the best of what's left. <laughs> <laughs> I like that finger um, on where that's from. Uh, and then Bart uh, uh, mentioned that uh, his crash kit under his seat will have a collapsible 22 rifle in it or point twenty two rifle in it. It'll have a small multi-tool as well, typically a Leatherman. So thanks, the Bart. The chair force have spoken. Yeah. Excellent. From the horse's mouth. From the bird's uh, mouth. The eagle's no, mouth. Now, if only Hasbro made those in... Uh... G.I. Joe scale, <laughs> we got a story. Opportunity has, bro. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the new Sky Striker. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> They're already yeah, giving us enough plastic. Yeah. They're giving us more plastic than they had banked on. Um, and I, I laugh that there is a, a petition going around. Like, Hasbro, please give us the flight crew, deck crew. <laughs> they call them pit crew. And that, I believe, is completely incorrect. It's not pit crew. This isn't the G. This isn't Formula One racing. Anyways, no. Um, it's the condiment force, and you heard it here <laughs> on GI Joburg, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to put that out. There. But yeah, look, I, I, no one is giving away a freebie at this point. They're already giving three figures away that they never planned on uh, to sweeten the deal and get this thing over the line. 
So yeah, I I I think it's very cute that there's a a petition going around, but I don't fancy its chances. Mm -mm. If anything, if they released that as a separate thing that we could purchase, that would be great. I'd be mm -hmm. okay with that. I mean, like it wouldn't be a bad idea for Hasbro to do that because so many well, people it's have something they've Sky designed. Strikers. It's something yeah. they've designed now that they can actually add if they are going forward with a vintage line. They can add it into there. Um, yeah, yep. I, th I think and you know getting the torso with the Cobra, the Cobra f sort of deck crew guy. He's got that same flight vest, that jacket. So the only thing that would be new tooling would be the two heads, the mustachioed mm. one and the, the the bear one. Um, I'm 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 going to give a hot take, guys, and I know we we said we'd put a pin in the Sky Striker, but <laughs> my hot take clearly we right can't. Now, yeah. No, no, clearly I'm buzzing. Is that I would have rather have had the deck crew than Night Force Ripcord for the reason I stated up front that. Like original ripcord can't be beat, and if you have that, Night Force is just a nice addition. It'll probably look okay in a Night Force display, though. I'm all about the OGs. Like I'm not going to display the the Tiger Force guys from the 2000s along with the original Tiger Force. It's just it's a different feel. It's a different aesthetic. Leave that shit alone. Anyways, who knows what these figures are going to feel like? Yeah. O-ring construction hasn't been revisited in a long time, and when we left off with it, it mm. didn't feel vintage in my yeah. hands. So mm. trepidatious there. I think Let's just Night hope they've got squidgy thumbs. Yes, I think mm. Night Force is a great way to take some of those figures that were just kind of had the wrong paint app and redo some really good figures with a good paint app. Mm -hmm. And that's that's I think the best use of Night Force. Look, Ripcord had ties to the Sky Striker long before the Haslab. So he was a an easy shoe-in for the set and a very desirable figure. But yeah, I just come back to the same point that like camo ripcord from 84 is all the ripcord I'm ever gonna ever gonna need. Mm -hmm. What I do need is some able deck hands to be scuttling around the deck of my USS flag. So mm -hmm. I'm going to mourn ketchup and mustard as with the rest of the, the backers. Yeah. Until they make them available. Hopefully yep. they do. Anyways, element extraction. Troy, anything you'd like to add, my friend? Uh, special thanks. And Paul kind of brought it up with the, the voice acting and, and the voice vocal talents. I always like to ask favors of the Joe community. <laughs> And I was able to get uh, Mac Dowan. He has a YouTube channel and has done a lot of uh, G.I. Joe things in the past. Um, he was doing a lot. You remember the mobile game, the G.I. Joe mobile game? Oh, yes. That, that unfortunately... Very you know, helpful information. Thanks, yes, Mac. He had a lot of great videos. Uh, I was in his group, um, Mega Marines 2000, and we played that game and, and chatted a lot about it. So Mac stepped up and did a, some IG voices for me. And... Uh, I, my uh, my new friend Mark Weber <laughs> did another voice for me, so I wanted to reach out to the What's on Joe Mind. So the Han Show. Yes, yes, I Excellent. absolutely love listening to him talk about it because like he brings such a. Uh, I mean, he was there. He's so smart and and knows. I've learned knows a lot. This, yeah, he knows this GI Joe and he knows the inside story and and, and scoop, uh, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> 
So like when he talks about like what they what they could release and what they should release and his ideas and his thoughts and it's like okay yeah it's very good stuff. So I was gracious. Uh, he was gracious enough to give us his voice talent. So I was glad to get him on board. Hmm. And it's a distinctive voice. Hopefully, anyone who is a fan, a crossover fan from What's on Joe Mind, who happened to watch the Play Motion, will uh, will recognize it. I think someone called it in the comments. I yes. could be mistaken, but yes. I mean, in, in case you didn't call it, uh, we do credit him at the end. Mark the Honcho Weber. Yes. All right. Bart would like to add that is Night Force Ripcord Ripcord or is it Zartan? Mm. Danny of our time would like a Night Force Big Ben and Hit and Run. Once again, two characters that have excellent deco straight out the gate. Um, The only thing preventing Big Ben from being Night Force, I think, would be like paint the white wool of his cap Mm -hmm. black and you got it, man. But uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, look just getting new versions of those figures would be a a worthy inclusion and darren cobb would like a bongo (laughs) i wonder if she would be in the bear suit yeah totally you wouldn't be able to see a a single bit of female on her it would be entirely just a a molded bear (laughs) interesting (laughs) and lastly matthew comstock says super stretch goal he wants duke mayonnaise hellman (laughs) Now, I believe all the deckhands, all of the guys sort of who work the, the, the catapults and the, the arrestor cables, like they all have, like they're coded. There's purple jackets and red jackets and yellow jackets. I don't know what a pale off-white jacket would mean, but it's salty, creamy, and delicious, presumably. <laughs> it's in my eye. <laughs> Grim. <laughs> and I'll let that sink in. Anyway. All um, right. Gents, anyone want to dive into Postbox the Pit with me? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah, my body is ready. <laughs> well, this isn't going to be much fun for the listeners, but if you are watching the YouTube version, Lance Toth just sent me a completely unsolicited email out of the blue, no text, no nothing but just with the most insane Outback artwork. Oh, wow. Incredible. He's carrying Breaker. Breaker looks man down, man. He looks like he's been... I mean, we don't see any visible bullet wounds or anything, but he is slumped in Outback's rippling arms. um, Or arm. Outback is all the while giving covering fire as he's marching through what looks like a bog or a swamp. It's like brownish water, which could be sort of taking into account the light reflected on the water. But um, Paul, uh, Mr. Artiste, what mm-hmm. techniques is Lance using here? Uh, that looks like coloring pencil with watercolor, uh, with um, water. So it's like uh, your aqua, uh, you get those, we have them in South Africa as aqua rail uh, pencils. But yeah, that just looks like the type of pencils that you can mix a little bit of water in to get some blending in. Um, that's what it looks like, at least uh, from where I'm sitting. I could be wrong because a lot of the tone is done in is very uh, well done in in that he's using like quite bold shapes and whatever's for the shadows and lighting, which is great to see because a lot of guys just tend to rely on just smudging everything. So it's really cool to see some good shape language and some good shapes in that lighting and color and shadow. Um, but yeah, I think it's a uh, so basically the 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 technique is you color in a little bit with your pencil and then you 
take a paintbrush that's um, not wet. Well, you can. I mean, you you set up a paintbrush to be as wet as you want it to be, and you you just get it to blend the color a bit or to add um, or to remove the edge from the color, like he's done with the water. The water has lost a lot of its edge as it comes to the foreground, which is good <clears throat> because it helps to maintain a lot of the um, sort of sharpness of detail and and the contrast is maintained on the focal points which is great this is awesome sorry i didn't mean to get like critiquey um and uh, but it's just i'm just observing the cool stuff that i'm seeing on the artwork so very it's nice a fantastic dude. piece damn i think yeah. the energy there it's very good and i like how you did Joe the forearm as well i guess he did during jovember <laughs> well maybe maybe he he just missed jovember and decided What's the coolest fate for this artwork? Let me sling it to the guys at G.I. Joburg. And Lance, it is much appreciated. This is beautiful. It's got that scratchy kind of almost um, dithered style that uh, that you see a lot of Metal Gear Solid artworks having. Ah, uh, I was going to mm. say it does remind yeah. you of Metal Gear Solid. Love it so much. And I love the fact that he's shrunken Outback's standard weapon to be better in scale with the actual figure. It's a mm. submachine gun, but like the the accessory is oversized. I, I, I I'm pretty sure that's true. I agree. And, and I think they just looks did it like... that way to sling it on him. Mm. Yeah, true, true, true. But I mean, a lot of accessories, the the scaling kind of falls a little bit out towards the the later eighties. Um, I I am thinking that he either used the the vintage or the twenty fifth anniversary action figures as reference. Because it's super accurate to the toys. So I mm. wonder if he was able to pose them like this. Which, I mean, to pose your figures in a kind of a one guy carrying the other guy is challenging enough. But to yeah. pose them realistically, yeah, that's, that's, well, however you brought this about, Lance, it's beautiful. And man, and thank I hope that. I have your blessing to post it everywhere I possibly can. I'll uh, I'll email you later. Um, what did I want to mention as well? Uh, it was also on the topic of uh, just art and comics, and I don't want us to get too deep into this, but uh, it seems like uh, GI Joe is going to find its home in Image Comics, maybe. And the current news, I'm sure most of you guys have seen this already, is that uh, Robert Kirkman is uh his uh, label is going to be is looking to try and get the those uh, properties uh i don't want to have this i want to say this conversation for a whole different episode but i i do want to say one thing robert kirkman has this weird habit of touching properties and turning them into gold uh he's kind of got that vibe rob i think you can agree with me to some yeah to absolutely. some extent there he's got a very cool style um and uh, i would love to see uh, i would i'd like a future uh, where that happens um so yeah so I hope we're going to save that one for for another episode definitely but i can't we got a very right nice uh, <laughs> set of emails from our latest patreon uh gentleman by the name of sammy six toes on facebook i think <laughs> he might be in the chats right now even uh i'm gonna just give the long and short of it, the fact that this guy leads an incredible existence he hunts deer on his property to feed his family uh very very cool uh they want to become self-sustaining they're going to get pigs and chickens and all that jazz and probably grow the greens as well um that's badass man but he listens to our podcast while he's on a hunt 
and he has listened to our entire back catalog. <laughs> wow. 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 He says he misses your cricket ball. Oh, <laughs> is it soothing? <laughs> yeah, Actually, I guess nature sounds fits in yeah, with the there, setting. There is something about that. It's weird. Like how you can have, I also like, I don't know if you guys ever have this, but sometimes when you have like a repetitive sound in your head, like, like let's say a cricket sound, or in my case, it's like dance music. As soon as I hear something that's like, off i'm I, it's almost like my brain's more alert to stuff that's not supposed to be there it's weird i don't know does that does that work for you sammy i don't know <laughs> well um, you know rough and smooth some people enjoy your cricket i know dan shamansky uh made light of it a couple of times but by the same token like people who listen to us while driving <laughs> like there was a guy who thought that trouble. he had something wrong with his car yeah like a squeak a wheel oh that was coming off the tub yeah something like that we've come such a long way and we um, salute our patrons guys who help us out uh, month to month much appreciated the number of the berg force is growing we now have two two pages on a roll oh wow yes <laughs> incredible if you'd and, like to become a patron of the show um scroll down the details well the link will be in the description and you get um perks like you can come and join our live audience and even if you can't make the recording sessions the podcast in its raw unedited form will be available to you a full 24 hours before the, the public version goes up but we'll keep doing everything we do free as a bird free as the air assuming the air is still free um forever you can always help us out by liking, sharing, and subscribing, though. Yeah. And also, just while we're on it quickly, um, just want to shout these guys out by name, just because it's cool. Um, so, just want to say, Nelson Culligan, Bill Myers, and Danny of our time, you're in the Berg now, and we're happy <laughs> to have you. So, thank you so much for your, for your subscription, or well, not your subscription, but for your patronage and for joining uh, the Berg Force, and uh, I hope that you enjoy it as much as we do. And also one extra thing to mention is we do have an after-party that happens after our live, uh, our live broadcasts. And as of this episode, we're trying something new. We've got a, a Discord, uh, which is available only to the Berg Force for now, because um, it's manageable. And that's where we're going to have the after-party. So just letting folks know, that's one of the new extra features of the patreon anyway thank you very much guys <laughs> i just want to put that away there <laughs> and if you'd so. like to write us a lengthy love letter just like sammy six toes <laughs> the email address is a real south african hero at gmail.com it's a bit of a mouthful but it's also in the description down below um also if you'd like to just reach out to us on social media we have a facebook group a facebook page instagram accounts and a twitter account so you can't miss dm gi joburg yeah. Anything else and anyone write us, I think I'd like to say that um, whatever mail we get in the next episode, I'll read one choice letter in this voice. I'll be Ooh. like, hey, G.I. Joburg, long-time listener, first-time writer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that I'll this do is it. enough. I, I'm going to send us some fan mail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, thanks thank to you. our guest, <laughs> Troy. Thanks for joining me on this adventure called Element Extraction. And thanks for joining G.I. Joburg on this podcast. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. And I feel privileged just to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Well, you and were the earliest adopter of the play motion format, as far as I'm concerned. You were mm -hmm. like, yeah, I want in on that. 
and yeah. um, we've been fast friends ever since. So thank you, my friend. This well, has been a dream to yes, collaborate across continents and oceans and time zones. Yep. Hopefully the collaboration comes soon. I mean, looking at the comments on the video, um, people are definitely clamoring already for part next. <laughs> well, needs to be resolved. I'm very happy to note that the appetite for these things, while niche, is insatiable. Mm -hmm. People who this stuff connects with love it so much that, I mean, we could do an episode a week and I don't think we'd meet demand. Like, they want it, they need it, they have to have it. Grown men playing with their toys in front of their cell phone cameras. <laughs> <laughs> and the good news oh, is, is that toy. we also want it, need it, and have to have it. And if we mm -hmm. could do this uh, without having to worry about anything else, uh, dude, I would do this. Uh, I don't want to call it, I'm loath to call it a job. But if I could do this and not have to do my an actual job, that would be so cool. <laughs> that, that's the dream, um, isn't it? Right. Yeah. I'm wondering about dipping my toes one day. I'm always afraid of a flat rejection. But like, if people were made to pay for this, would it be like a hell no? Men playing with their toys, forget about it. Or if they'd be like, yeah, okay, I'm in. I yeah, I don't think um, I I don't. I mean, I, I don't think we'll ever do it that people have to pay for it as as much as, you know, saying that. But, I mean, there, there will be times maybe in the future uh, where we might need a little bit of support for some of the projects that we want to do. Uh, where Paul, realistically Paul, I'm going to right there and yeah. just say, like, I, I've never made this, this argument before because I've always done this as a labor of love. But love, if I was yeah. doing it on the regular, that means that mm. it can't exist in the dead spaces like the hours that i can steal here and there in the dead of mm. night when you know the kid is in bed the dishes are packed in the dishwasher the wife is passed out in front of the tv and i sneak <laughs> off to my laptop to do some editing like if i was doing this week to week i would have to say listen guys this is work i need to cloister myself in my room or go off to a location and shoot something mm. so and and time is not cheap um mm -hmm. even when it's playing with your hobby uh, so mm -hmm. Also, I've never jobby. wanted to make a job out of my Scottish hobby because there. I wouldn't want to crush the joy. But if we were doing this for demand instead of just doing it when when time allows and inspiration strikes, I would like to be remunerated <laughs> fairly. And <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a different the, situation. The yeah, is that possible? But then also, but also, is it would it have the same passion though? You know, like those moments stolen kind of adds something special to it doesn't it if i was doing this less stressed like you know if if i actually kind of told my wife like no this is work this is paying gig this is bringing money into the household i need five hours every week to go on location and another three hours to chop it up like if i could you know that's seven hours to be sacrosanct I'd like to think that it would ignite some of the passion because I'd be like, yes, mm. this is Joe time. I'm not doing this when I'm exhausted and in a, at the end of a long day. Anyways, I've harbored the, lo, labored the point long enough. Mm. Maybe I should start putting out feelers. But right now, you know, as it is, it's it is a labor of love. And <laughs> you get one every other month, maybe, maybe more, <laughs> you know. Something that's uh, well, on, on the topic of labor of love and i'm sorry to bring up the sky striker again but if you've Jeez. made it this far on this uh wonderful episode of gi joe 
please let me know in the comments below if you have a Sky Striker. Not a Haslab Sky Striker. I'm, I'm talking vintage. If you have a Sky Striker in some shape or form, please let me know in the comments below. Because um, somebody, uh, this man over here, Mr. Bot Simon here, he's just said, we need another international backyard battles. And turns out we kind of have half an idea for what we want to do. So, um, yeah. Uh, I don't want to say much more than that. I just want to gauge how many people have them on hand. And, uh, yeah, that is, um, all I want to say there. Cool. Sorry. Play with uh, your toys, guys. Yes. Toys. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's right. Low light version three, technically <sighs> not two because you're three. I've been, guys, I've been having so much fun with my low light version three. Really? He's just running around. Low and, light. Yep, low light. He's running around and shooting fools. I dig him. I've even had this like <laughs> joke in my head where he gets contacted Thanks, by professor Xavier. And he's like, Scott. And then Lola's like, it's not Scott. Oh, oh, sorry. It's you again. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then they carry on, <laughs> you know, Paul, he so kind of looks like Cyclops. I am all random. right. All right. We're out of here. It's a Hope everybody out there is having a great week. Uh, the ramp up to Christmas. And I hope there are incredible G.I. Joe related prezzies or just incredible prezzies waiting for you under the tree. Um, just the season to give, but yeah, sometimes it's nice to get a few new toys. Isn't that right, Paul? Always nice to get toys. Yes. Great to give toys too. Give toys to your kids. Yes. Hell yeah. Yes, yes. That's how I sleep uh, at night. So I'm like, more hot wheels. One for you, you, three for me. <laughs> and if, if you don't like this toy, I know somebody who does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you definitely don't like this toy. I'm going to not even put it in your hands. It's very old. You wouldn't want that. It's funny, daddy. <laughs> All right. We're out. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Cheers, cheers. Yo, Joe. 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 Joe.